Today's podcast is with Dan Jimeno and Sarah Schaefer. They are both proud owners of the Rations Cafe in Bolivar, West Virginia. They are going to break down what it was like to open a business, set up the operations of a cafe, and what some of the unique aspects of their business model are. Uh, it, it was, it's a really incredible podcast. I really enjoyed talking to these guys, and they've got so much energy and organization that it just boggles the brain, and you can definitely tell why it's a successful business. Let's hear what they have to say. Have you heard of Bracken's Painting? I started Bracken's Painting back in 2011. We do both residential and commercial painting. We have contractors licenses in West Virginia and Virginia, and we carry all the necessary insurances, like workers' comp, general liability. Uh, We operate a small staff that focuses on meeting the homeowner's needs and project manager's timeline expectations. Uh, we We try to have exceptional attention to detail. If you're interested in doing any sort of commercial or residential painting, please contact Bracken's Painting. More information can be found at www.brackenspainting.com. One of my friends from the Leadership West Virginia program, Rob Passmore, is this year's race director for the Poco River 15K. The Poco River 15K is West Virginia's oldest road race, and this year it is held on May 2nd. Poca is just a few miles north of Charleston, West Virginia. This year's course is the same as the older course because the new bridge has been built and they can run across the bridge and complete the loop. If you want to learn more about this 15K, which comes out to 9.3 miles, you can look it up, Poca, P-O-C-A, River Run on Facebook.com or Poca River Run on RunSignUp.com. Have you heard of the Try This West Virginia conference? If you're somebody who is working to build a healthier West Virginia, then you should join the over 500 like-minded people this year at the seventh annual conference. Uh, It's in Buckhannon, West Virginia. This year it's on June 12th and June 13th. Go there to learn about grassroots efforts that are taking place from all around the state, from community gardens to yoga in schools, running and biking programs, and even maybe building a community recreation center. Once you've networked around the conference, there's also opportunities to learn how to apply for grant funding for a project in your own community. Enjoy two days of healthy food, physical activity, and mindful living. Register before March 15th for early bird rates at trythiswv.com conference. Dan, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the Break It Down for Brackets podcast. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Yes, thank you. Um, I like to get started in the same way I start almost all of my podcasts, is I want to get to know you and your background. Sarah, do you want to start and tell me, you know, where you're born, what, where you're from, how you ended up in Bolivar? Um, give me some background. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm from the Midwest, a small little town outside of St. Louis, actually the Illinois side. Um, goodness. Um, was so over high school that went off to the military, graduated high school early and went off to the military, went in the Navy, uh, went into an advanced electronics field. So what year was this? So I graduated as a 92 and a half grad. Um, still had to walk with the class of 93, went into the Navy. I actually graduated from boot camp on mommy and daddy night. Uh, I turned 18. 
Wow. In boot camp. Um, so then uh, went out to Mare Island, California, which is actually where I met Dan in October of 93. Met him in the base gym. Actually, he was watching me do squats. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watching me do squats. Uh-huh. Um, set, the, set the tone. What did it look like? Uh, yeah. How so much were you squatting? I was squatting about 220, and I could feel a presence watching <laughs> me do squats. <laughs> so I had to stop, and I was like, excuse me. Yep, I was checking her out. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, may I help you? And he's, he's like, uh, I, I never saw a girl lift that much. I said, well, now you have, so move along. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yep. We, um, we became workout partners after that. We did not date, though, contrary to people are like, oh, come on. And I was like, nah, see, he, he had a girlfriend at the time, and it was just not, not going to happen. It wasn't so. happening. Okay. So we worked out. We would actually leave. Uh, we would leave the base gym and we would go work out at a world's gym in Vallejo, California together with another Marine. Good times. I mean, it was great times working out. But as all duty stations go, he went a different direction and I went a different direction. Um, what year was this? So he left in 94. I stayed at that duty station until 95. So this, oh, is, this wow. is almost before the ability to stay in touch. Before, oh, yeah. before yeah. you know, because then, like, there was not really any messenger. There wasn't gonna, any emails, really. I was going to really. say, despite our being, um, so we were in computers, like, we were on the front end of technology. I was laying fiber optic line way back in 97. Right. So I was, you know, advanced in the electronic field in the military, um, building personal computers and things like that. Um, actually, it was in the very first computer class for what is now a, called Joint Maritime Communication Information Systems. So what is used by almost every branch. Uh, I was in that very first class in 95. Um, Sounds like you had your stuff together in 90, 94, 95. I know I did not because <laughs> we're, we're, we're almost the exact same age. And I was on a different, I was going to like Pearl Jam concerts and <laughs> just running around. Yeah, well, I, did, I did Pearl Jam, Nirvana, and... Right. Yeah. Back in the day. All right, so Sarah, so what fast-forwarded you to eventually being in this area? Um, this was the compromise. Uh, Harbors Ferry Boulevard was a compromise. Um, once Dan and I decided that we should join forces and, and <laughs> yes, <laughs> as we touch knuckles, um, <laughs> that we should join forces and combine households and, and we should be a, the power couple that we are. Um, Rockville, which is where he's from, was way too people-y for me. So again, I'm from a very small town of about 800. Um, grew up in the country where my nearest neighbor was about two miles away. <laughs> so this, this was, I mean, Harper's Ferry, hands down is beautiful um, we love our neighbors here I mean we love our community and we love the peace and the nature we love outdoors so this he brought me here in 
fall of 2013, I was still, mm-hmm. I still owned my own home back in the Midwest. And I said, if I ever considered moving to the East Coast, I would consider moving here. So that was, that was of, only seven years ago. Right? Wow. Yeah. And I, I, again, I was still a homeowner back in the Midwest seven years ago. We did things a little bit backwards. We got married in 2013. Then we were like, oh, wait, who's moving where? So, sure. <laughs> you know, okay. so, yeah. um, anyway. Uh, I moved here in 2015 15. to Harper's Ferry Boulevard. I got gotcha. you. Wow, so it's only five years ago. So, Dan, what about you? What's what's your background? Um, from Montgomery County, Maryland, um, Rockville specifically. Um, Catholic school, growing up uh, all the way up until high school. Went to high school in D.C. at St. John's. Um, Those are a rival of O'Connell. <laughs> I went to O'Connell. And then um, after that, right after high school, um, enlisted, went into Marine Corps, met Sarah, so our paths crossed. Um, and uh, 94. What did you do in the Marines? We, we actually went to the same school, oh. but I went to the Marine Corps version. Um, no, so you went to the Navy version. You were just a Marine <laughs> attending a Navy school. <laughs> Oh boy! Yes, <laughs> yeah. Here okay. we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So it's the same school, um, and uh, came back uh, to Montgomery County um, in '94, um, stationed at Andrews Air Force Base. Um, went to college um, while I was still in. Um, got my bachelor's from University of Maryland, information systems, and then MBA and uh, master's in international finance, also from um, University of Maryland. So Hold on, Dan. <laughs> Hold on. So, Marine, mm-hmm. then you went and got your undergrad in what? Information systems. Okay, so computer stuff. Computer stuff. Then you got an MBA. Correct. Which is an additional one and a half to two years minimum. Yes. Of like getting nerdy with business because I wish I had an MBA and I've, I've taken some of the classes and it's awesome because I love business but so you got an MBA then you got a what? Master's in International Finance so, so an additional Master's correct and in, like international banking so it's like arbitrage foreign exchange is anybody else amazed? okay because <laughs> I am that's awesome man that's a lot of great education yeah and you, you uh, skip mine <laughs> we'll come back to that <laughs> and we're not competing yet. <laughs> Sarah's a nerd too, but she, uh, well, she can go over her um, studies. Um, so, yeah. So for me, you know, I've always been a, I guess, a geek, um, and I love numbers, obsessed with numbers, um, analytics, right? Statistics. Big brain. He has a big brain. Yeah. yeah. I hate statistics. Big, beautiful brain. I took, I took graduate level statistics, and um, I think I got a D. I think I literally <laughs> got a D, and I had other, I had other, I had a career path I was on, and I was working while in school at that point, and I'd already gotten my job, and I already got my career, and I missed two or three classes in a row, and then they were speaking different languages when I went back to class. Yeah. I told the teacher, I said, "Listen, I'm not going to pick up on this." And you're in, the, you're in front of me and getting a degree. How are we gonna How are we gonna settle this up? But all right, cool. So then, um, 
the negotiation with Sarah got you guys to move out this way? Yeah, so we first went into, uh, we lived in Rockville. Um, we tried that. Uh, and um, like Sarah said, Harper's Ferry Boulevard was the compromise. Um, um, for me, I started, I guess I started really getting into running um, locally in the Montgomery County area, 5Ks, 10Ks. Um, what's that? Say it. Okay, so let's rewind. Way back when I lived in the Midwest, right. um, the boys started running further and further distances. And then who are the boys? We haven't talked about that yet. What's that? Who are the boys? My boys. Okay. My twins. <laughs> yeah. So they were um, they ran their first 5K at eight years old, and quite inspirational because they were running really fast paces, fast times at eight year olds as eight year olds, right? And uh, you know Dan had mentioned, and he's in the Marine Corps, so running that distance, a 5K, three miles, whatever, was not unknown to him mm -hmm. and he was like wow you know kind of would like to get back into it uh have always thought that i would like to run a marathon i was like well dude what's stopping you like <laughs> like why would you not i mean just do it right and so he was like well you know because that's far and i was like but it's just one foot in front of the other just just go and he was like well i pitter patter pitter patter this that the other and i was like i tell you what <laughs> if if you do it if you sign up for a marathon. I don't care which water. I'll get on a plane and I'll come out and I'll cheer for you. I'll, I mean, or whatever you need, whatever support you need, you know, I'll do it. So he does. He runs a 5K and then he does a 10K and then he starts training for more and he trains for more and then he does Marine Corps marathon. And I put myself on a plane and I come out and I cheer for him and I pace him for six or eight miles of it. And he does it and then he runs an ultra two weeks later and he catches the bug yeah. because I'm like, why wait? I mean, seriously, we're not getting any younger. I'm, and Were you guys together at this point? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's, this is very, but, but this is very romantic. Is, my mentality is like, we're not getting any younger. I mean, why would you not? Yeah, this is the definition of runner romantic. <laughs> I will come out there and support you in your crazy marathon. Let's go. That's well, awesome. Well, I think for each other and I guess in relationships in, in, in general, you kind of really need to be cheerleaders for each other in all aspects um, of what you're pursuing. So early on it was, you know, just health and fitness, and then now it's kind of evolved into business. And so... Right. Well, speaking of business, and before I get there, not that we're competitive, tell us about your education, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> so my undergrad was genetic engineering. Oh, okay. And then my masters one is environmental education and the other is genetic engineering so that we have the science nerdiness oh man <laughs> we had to compete. yeah that's really good you guys are you're not so much nerdy you're just like ex you're um you're accomplished at education well we're but we're complementary to each other's nerdiness right is how we see it right right so he'll start talking stats and numbers and stock market blah 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 and i don't quite understand but i'm like that's really cool right like your brain is super attractive i mean right. you're, you're pretty all day long and i like looking at you but then <laughs> but then your brain is really attractive right. and then something science in the world happens and he goes 
can you decipher that for me? And I, I'm like, sure, sure, I'll decipher yeah, it. Yeah, here it is. This is how it goes. <laughs> yeah. You guys definitely complement each other very well, and it's really cool to know, like, without without this recording right now, without this conversation, I never would have known you both have double masters, and that is nerd city, and I love it because um, if I had five lifetimes, one of those lifetimes would be I, I would retire military. I would love to go through the whole path of yeah. different assignments and that kind of thing, but one of them would also be academics. I would spend an entire lifetime just in academics and learning and learning and learning. And frankly, this podcast is my version of advanced, advanced degree. I get to sit down and talk to people about subject matter that I'm getting from the primary source. I'm going to learn about Rations Cafe right now right. from these two guys that you guys know what you're talking about and this is your topic. And this is satisfying my uh, education hunger as well so i'm really psyched to be here with you guys so speaking of rations let's talk about what it is why did you open it what where was the inspiration um who wants to start or who wants to just kind of break it down for me um so it started out really kind of a as a weird working from the universe um as I mentioned before, I'm from, from the Midwest. And so on a trip back home, um, Christmas of 17, so the boys were 14, getting ready to turn 15 in a few short months. We were, and, and as I rewind, um, assuming most of the listeners do not know that my twins have autism and some other special needs, that we were having a conversation about what is the transition post-academics for them going to look like? Because we know that they're not going to move out of the house at 18, and that's completely fine. Uh, they're great kids, and we love having them around, but they're also not going to sit in my house and, and play video games all day. That's, that's not what's going to happen. Um, a transition is not something as easy as this is what's, what they're doing today, and then it's going to be something completely different tomorrow. It's going to be something that has to be gradual and, and kind of a smooth thing. So Dan and I had this very long conversation on the way, on the drive home from the St. Louis area back to here, um, kind of bouncing ideas back and forth. And we just really didn't settle on anything during that conversation, but it was on our radar about we need to start thinking about a transition for them in the next few years uh, and then within two weeks um, the, co the the space that we're in was previously known as the guide shack which was a coffee shop and we were friends with the previous owner he was also a veteran <clears throat> um, he had decided within two weeks of our conversation on his own that he was gonna step away from the guide shack and the owners of the building actually came to us and asked us if we wanted to take over we tossed it around. We tossed some ideas around about how we could, how we could um, make it from an operation standpoint. How we could, uh, how we could adjust it, like from a business standpoint. And is this something that we could do for the boys, where they could eventually take over, and this could be the answer for that transition post academics. So. Um, interestingly enough, they used to come down and volunteer with the previous owner. They would sweep the floor, they would put syrup in people's drinks after he got done making like the lattes, and the, they'd put the flavor in, they would help him out and do certain things. So they enjoyed being in this, in this type of atmosphere. Um, 
and we asked him, we said, what do you guys think about us taking over a coffee shop? Would you like to work at it? We got a pretty positive response from him. So we're like, all right, well, maybe, maybe this would be a good thing. Um, had Dan with his analytics brain, you know, run some numbers. Projections. Do and some projections. I can make this I've, work. I've worked in the food industry in several different layers and capacities. I managed um, a cafe and a juice bar back in St. Louis. Kind of similar to what this is without the coffee. And so I said from an operation standpoint and a, like a labor, um, how many people are here staffing, we could possibly make this work. I've been very, I know my boys inside and out, so been very mindful of things like the oatmeal and the toppings bar, or the oatmeal and the waffle toppings bar. You know, all of that is very specific and mindful to keep their frustration thresholds down. So, um, can like you walk me through an example of what you're talking about there? Sure. Um, I have, we have uh, oatmeal and waffles on our menu, and then we have a toppings bar that's located where a uh, customer will serve themselves. And they can put as much or as little of the toppings on their oatmeal or waffle right. as they want. Um, so when they order, the, the someone behind the counter, the boys usually, will give them the bowl of oatmeal or the waffle, and then the customer gets to top it themselves, which is great from many different perspectives, right? We don't have food coming back because there's too much or too little of a topping. Um, the customer is happy because they get to... They get control, they, they get right? They indulge, sure. Yeah, they get to indulge if they want, or they get, you know, it's the perfect thing every time. The boys are not frustrated because food's coming back for return, as well as... I see. Yeah, as well as if they were in the middle of a rush, they don't have to try to figure out a, how to work food, return food back into a workflow system, right? Because that would be another frustration thing. Like, I've got four customers that I need to help, and now I have food. How do I fit that into the workflow? Who do I help first so you're telling me that you open this coffee shop with the direct intention of creating a frustration as, as frustration free an environment for your boys as possible 100 percent. Oh, from wow. the menu to this everything is the layout yes yeah. wow this is really eye-opening yes um what else like is there are there other systems in place that that we're not seeing or is it just kind of i mean there just must be so many operational systems that you've thought about ahead of time. There's some, and we create from job aids. Um, we have little pieces of paper behind by the by the cash register for uh, bagel sandwiches. So when we start getting busy, he whoever's on usually Diedrich's on the cash register when mm -hmm. we're getting busy, and he can just make little tick marks for what a person wants on their bagel sandwich, and then whoever's making the sandwiches, you know, just has the you know, the papers there so they know how to make them. So it's a like a nonverbal communication system. There's a lot. First, there's a lot that goes into opening a place that serves mm -hmm. food and beverages. And then nobody really takes things about the, the systems that are in place. But to set the systems up specifically for the strengths of your sons, that is that's really, really impressive. So there's just a ton of, like, you – and sometimes you have to figure it out on the fly. Like, a hundred – I didn't know 100% of the things. The job aids for the bagel sandwiches, we didn't know on day one, but I could quickly see. So, for example, they didn't, they won't do abbreviations. So, when we first started getting busy, I was like, okay, you're going to have to write down the orders. Um, and they would just write it straight out. Well, 
but spelling they won't if they're spe- if they know they're spelling something wrong now we're stuck gotcha we're stuck there because i know i'm spelling it wrong and i will not move on i need to know how to spell this thing so i can't move on and i was like it's okay just write an e for everything no i can't do that that's nope <laughs> not doing that um it's okay no it's not okay all right well now we're having a meltdown and we've got 12 people in line we you know so that's fine i can make this little check mark tick list whatever boom now there's wow. a stack of them just great problem solving yeah that's awesome so there's you know little things that i can figure out on the fly again reducing frustration threshold so so that there's the why yeah what a great why story that's a really really great why story um <laughs> holy moly that's just so much to digest but it, it's so <laughs> cool um describe describe what you see when you walk into the rations and and why the name rations um the name rations is pretty brief, and then I'll describe what you see. So the name rations, it, I'll tell you what. The name was between rations and meals ready to eat, okay? Sure. And meals ready to eat, I didn't like all of them when I was in. So I, I thought, well, that one could be kind of iffy, right? Um, and then meals ready to eat also spoke more to the time frame when the three of us served. Which didn't go with the theming of World War One, World War Two, which is what the theming is here. So it is World War One, World War Two themed. Of course, that's when rationing was more um, of a common household word. Uh, rations. I was hoping would catch on more that the type of food that you're going to get when you when you when you come in is like quick grab and go i don't expect that you're going to want to instagram or write home to mom that this <laughs> is the most gourmet meal you've ever had i want you to have good quality i want your belly to be satisfied i want it to taste good i want you to feel like you have good value for what you paid um those are the criteria that i want you to have so kind of like a chow hall you come in you get your food you're back on your mission that's we already have another breakfast lunch place in town we did not want to be a direct compete with them we love them right so they do the whole full diner shebang if that's the kind of food that you want that's where you go you go there we're the quicks we got the breakfast sandwich we have the oatmeal we have the quick things right um we have the rations does it that's the rations we Definitely. have the rations so when you come in the door um a very stark difference than many other coffee shops which is intentional and I'm just going to describe, when you walk in, it's brightly lit. You have a lot of bright white. You have bright white ceilings. You have bright white walls. There's some splashes of color. You have um, reproduction print, World War One, World War II posters. You have your military flags. Um, the reason for the bright white lighting and the bright white walls is because when I've walked into other coffee shops that are dimly lit and dark wood, um, which absolutely have their own merit, it makes me feel like I wanna whisper to the people that I'm with, okay? Sure. And I don't want my coffee shop, I don't want people to whisper. I want them to get to know their neighbors. So I didn't want dimly lit, I didn't want people to walk in and feel like they need to whisper to people. So. That's why it's brightly lit. Nice. And then you said you don't want to feel like you have to whisper. Mm-mm. 
Tell me about the table that I'm sitting at right, right here. So we're sitting, currently we're sitting at a table that I built, which is um, 16 feet long. Uh, it's about 30 inches wide. And it is a community table. It is, it was my solution to a couple things. One, though, is that when I, when I served most of the chow halls that I ate in, um, this is the type of table that we ate, we, we sat and ate at. Uh, it was a great big long table. Didn't matter if you knew the person that you were sitting next to. Often you didn't have enough time to talk anyway, but right. um, if you did have time to talk, then you were going to meet someone new, hopefully. So that was part of the reason that I built it was I was hoping that people would get to meet someone new when they were sitting in in this space, which has happened, you know, time and time again, is that people are meeting. We get all types of interesting people in the space, people from different countries, people from all over parts of the world, um, different parts of the country, our own country. And so, you know, there's all types of conversations that happen and, you and know, it's almost forced because of the table and it, it yeah. is. And it's almost forced because of the table, because especially as we get busier, you know, you have to sit next to someone and you can choose to not speak to them and that's okay. Um, and it's not even seen as rude if you choose not to, but you know, you, you also, it's kind of natural or organic that you end up talking to someone because you're near them. That's a lot of forward thinking again, Sarah. It's I mean, really, my life. It's 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 really really well done. Um, Dan, tell me about the uh, the bar. How is that designed? Um, well, the bar basically um, designed by Sarah. Um, it's her vision, but the idea is we wanted to. I guess first off, um, basically we have uh, local or patches from local veterans. Um, on the bar to kind of show our respect um, and uh, the idea is to basically kind of have a, a cheers mentality where um, whether you're a tourist right off the Appalachian Trail um, or just local you can just sit down and have a drink breakfast and um, you know chat with us um, so and overall the 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 vibe that we're trying to have here at the coffee shop is you know very laid back um so it just basically just adds to that um so so the uh, the patches are embedded and then uh, sealed over with some sort of urethane is that what it was it's it's a two-layer epoxy yeah that's what i was thinking of and then the um i guess the wall of it looks like an aircraft <laughs> right i mean they even have rivets are those tacks? Yes. Nice. Nice touch. <laughs> cool. Because it has like a sheet metal look like you're looking at the outside of a World War II fighter fighter plane. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yes. Bomber art, basically. Yeah. And here's here's a, an Easter egg. If you look at what would be the tail number. Right. The V is for Navy. Ha uh ha. -huh. <laughs> but the tail number yeah. is 93 because that's the year Dan and I met. Oh, that's really nice. That's and if it were a Marine Corps plane, it would still have a Navy tail number. Right. <laughs> that's fair. Not, jeez. Yeah, you guys. Um, let's talk about um, let's talk about some unique challenges. So you opened a business, and um, you got to figure that out. You got to have like uh, some sort of 
some sort of guidance. You can look up on the internet, you can talk to the SBA or the chamber or, hey, town, what do you got to do to open a business? Um, beyond those entry-level things, what other challenges did you have? I mean, I got to imagine there's got to be like, I mean, as a painter, it comes down to like permitting and stuff and understanding inspections, maybe? Yeah, um, I can start off with this. So the first few months, we just went into, I guess, like a rabbit hole where we came into this. We both had bartender experience. We had food experience, but Sarah and I were never baristas and um, definitely not coffee roasters. And um, so we went into this just, you know, learning as we go, but really kind of going into a rabbit hole where we obsessively researched, you know, everything we could about coffee, origins, blends, um, how to make a latte. Um, you know, we, um, so, the, so the challenges initially were just basically the learning as you go. Um, did you do a soft open? We did do a soft opening. <laughs> and uh, Sarah, she has no fear. For me, um, it, it basically, I felt like, oh, man, what did we get ourselves into? <laughs> right. Um, how, how, did, but, how, how did you trip or what, what did you learn immediately? God, it's um, – well, that's where – we thought we had a plan at first. Um, however, for us, we kind of had to learn how to quickly adapt um, what works, what doesn't, building systems, um, efficiencies, workflows. Um, so these were all the things that we had to learn from the beginning, um, from scratch. Um, so initially, we had a plan, we had a vision. Um, I think some of it was that though we had we had situations outside of our control that were failing us. We had guidance outside of our control that was failing us, and I'm not I'm not going to mention anybody. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus or be negative. I'm just going to say. And you mean like maybe you got the wrong advice from somebody? No, or I'm just saying that there were there were people that were and vendors that didn't that weren't holding it up to their end of the bargain and there were other things so when it comes to a vendor not holding up to their bargains that mean like hey we need 30 pounds of coffee beans and they bring you five is that what you mean something like that stuff like that or just or just and not even, even coffee not even, cups not even coffee you know just like other things where you're like okay i'm gonna work with you on this part of the business and you think you think you're all good and, and everything's butter and then and then nothing you get or you're you know what I mean? You, like, you were relying on somebody relying, to pick up the ball. Yeah. Sure. And, and then and sure. then it's not coming through. So you're like, okay, we've got to figure out plan B because I was naive in thinking plan A is going to follow through on what plan A said they're going to follow through. Totally. Yeah, right. I get it. But that's kind of like goes with the learn as you go. You know, we had plans for supply chains and then – and this is being an entrepreneur – for any field, beyond coffee, absolutely. you kind of, you know, you, you have your plan, you create your business plan, but you also have to have your contingency plans, so should things fail. <laughs> yeah, Dan, it's so easy to say that, but like, you don't need, know you need to have, you, even your 
contingency plans need to have contingency plans you don't even know that until things go sideways and that's got to be crazy when you're actually like as a painter i can just stop operations and say whoa mm -hmm. everybody just hold on let's figure out how to do this job the right way when you have a doors that open in a location people come to you you've got the night to adjust your operations and right. your system that's that's got to be a real special level of crazy i get it right it's awesome so and ultimately you know we built the system we're going into a, basically two years right and as of maybe about a month now mm -hmm. um so you know we eventually all our systems evolved to what we have now um so and i'd say overall it, it works it works for us and it works for the boys but you know one of the craziest challenges was um when i was doing the construction the build out uh -huh. I couldn't even get an answer from Jefferson County Health Department about what some of the things are that I needed to include for, according to health code. I was like, do I need a grease trap or do I not? And they were like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's so hard. Um, and they, by the way, they still don't on our last health inspection. They're like, we still don't have an answer for you on that. And I was like, it's okay because I put one in. Yeah. But, on the side of caution. Yeah. But y'all might want to tighten that up. Yeah. You know. I have examples over the years where we'll contact a, a governing body of some sort and ask questions, and um, because the person who is answering the question has only been working two months and you don't realize that, they answer the question incorrectly, mm -hmm. and there's a, a math mathematical error in fees paid that were higher or lower, and there's no one that you can push to say well who's accountable for these errors right. you're saying it's me and i should have known even though your person told you know like that's really really tricky and i guess that just comes down to small town small county operations and i know but it's frustrating it is frustrating but as business owners and as ultra endurance athletes we have to push through i mean for i'm a former ultra endurance athlete but we have to we have the ability to push through and get through the obstacles and get over the next climb or mountain no matter what the weather is, and, and that's the thing. And uh, a lot of times this podcast talks to people who are uh, running for office, and I always want to try and pick their brain on what questions should small business owners be asking you that on, on what you might be able to help with or fix when it comes to small business and economic development because a lot of times we don't know what our challenges are. We don't know because if we are even close to successful, we are demolishing our obstacles. We're going through them, around them. It's it's not like we're being tripped up, so we have never we don't even know where to ask to help for help sometimes and like that that's crazy like they just don't know if you need a grease trap, like, shouldn't that be written down somewhere, but maybe it's not, right exactly, all right cool, so we talked about some challenges like that there and that makes sense and like you said changing operational almost overnight and having to have the systems in place and. God forbid you're a new business anywhere in this county and you open, you will get flooded. Forget that it's a soft opening. You're going to get 100 people through the door and you're just like, whoa, man. Like, <laughs> we, can't, we can't even. So I can appreciate definitely those challenges. What about successes? What have you guys been really kicking butt at? I think, I think uh, people are pleased with our roasted coffee, like our beans. We get mm -hmm. a lot of positive feedback with our roasted beans. Um, and who, who, who are your primary customers? Uh, mostly the, the local bed and breakfast who are actually brewing coffee. Many of them are using Keurigs because they're just letting their guests, you know, yeah, make their own, um, make their make own, their own sure. cups. <clears throat> um, 
the local, many of the local restaurants here in uh, Harpers Ferry Boulevard. And um, we have a non-commitment, uh, no subscription, zero waste uh, program here where we have a canister. It's a metal canister that if you purchase it, it's one-time purchase for that thing. Every time you need a refill on your beans, you get a 10% discount. So you bring that puppy in, tell me what kind of beans you want refilled in it. Oh, that, that okay. I'm now I'm picking up on what you're putting down now. So I, w- I actually meant coming in the door. So, all right, so, so you guys actually roast and then distribute? We do. Oh, God, break it down. I'm sorry, I didn't even know that part. Yeah, oh, tell me more. Gotcha. Yeah, so, well, Dan, Dan roasts. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the minute, most mostly local restaurants here in Harpers Ferry Boulevard are using our beans. Local people that live here in Harpers Ferry Boulevard. I mean, there's there's other people in in that come through this area that will get the beans, but um, we don't. I mean, you can order online. We don't do a ton of marketing yet just because my roaster also works full-time so yeah yeah right <laughs> you know full-time job. let's let's be realistic my biggest concern is having a demand that exceeds my ability to supply and therefore us failing right i understand that i don't want to do that um but that's great I, I i had no idea that rations provided coffee at other locations i thought this was a just come in get coffee and go kind of place yeah that's really great nope um but the I would say our biggest success is in our twins' social growth and their ability, right? So their ability to to keep it together during a rush, their ability I've left them alone in the and to operate the business on their own during the day. Um, we recently went to Disney. Apparently, Disney was handing out the flu for free, and I didn't. I didn't know, but I, I got it. I got a good case of it. Um, Diedrich got a, a little smidgen of it, and Dan had to go to work, and Trey actually came down and opened on his own. Um, that's that's that's. It's a big success story right there. On his own, right? Right. right. And if we rewind, um, I had breast cancer last fall. I had surgery. They did not work the day of surgery, but then the boys got themselves up on their own the day after surgery. They came in and opened on their own the day after surgery. I mean. That's amazing. 16-year-olds. Right. Right? 16-year-olds, their mom just had a double mastectomy the day before, and they're getting up, and they're opening a business on their own. You've got to be so proud. I think think that's it. I think that's the success story right there. That is a massive success story. Which is a not, that's not a dollar amount, but there is no dollar amount for that. Right. And, and this is the thing that I didn't expect to be able to happen, not at 16. I was hoping, like, oh, maybe by 18 or 19 we'll start being able to leave them alone for a little bit here and there. Not, you know what, Mom? We've got it. We'll go open up on our own. Wow. Yeah, so they definitely own this. Um, it's a part of them. And, um, God, you, no, yeah. Incredible story. Incredible story. This is absolutely incredible. Well, I, I know we're up against a hard stop pretty soon, and uh, I wanted to wrap this up if we haven't missed anything. Um, are there any events or any product launches or anything like that that you, you want to um, kind of promote? Anything coming up that you're excited about? That's fine. Um. They're whispering to each other. <laughs> 
we don't really have any big products, but just a reminder, we are veteran-themed, and uh, it's been off everybody's radar for so long, but we do want to remind everybody that on March 29th will be um, the fourth time that we recognize Vietnam Veterans Day. So if you're a Vietnam veteran, we would love for you to come on in and say hi to us uh, on March 29th. We see you, and we welcome you home. Um, we see you every day, but right. we particularly would love to see you on March 29th. we got a special cup of joe for you. Vietnam Veterans Day on March 29th. Come down to rations. What's the address? It is 1102 West Washington Street, and we are technically in Boulevard. We are just two buildings up from the firehouse, which is right there. There's the city hall in Harpers Ferry. Uh, the firehouse is just the building just up from that, and then we're two buildings up. All right, this is a great place to stop in before or after a hike if you're hiking down. If, eh, they need to get that bridge fixed. You know, <laughs> yes, that's they do. Kind of but there, you know what? There's plenty of hikes to go on even if without the bridge. And if you don't know where to go, I will send you. I can show you. We, we have maps. I, I can tell you. Sunday morning, right? Sunday morning. There's a big hiking group that comes in out. here. That's right. That's a, it's a really good time, and um, it's a really good workout. We leave about 8.30. Right now. As it gets warmer, they'll probably move the time up. But yeah, and you can you can find that Sunday morning hike in the uh, at GoodCompanyWV.net. That's the uh, on the calendar of events. Um, have we missed anything, guys? Anything else you wanted to share? No, that's pretty much it with regards to to rations. Um, so some of the background. If we had more time, Dan, I'd pick your brain on statistics and how you, how you analyzed all the all the numbers and you know gambling hedging you know the uh, investing how you designed the logo we, we could have gone down a lot of those paths but i mean i can tell you this is yeah. that um he and i trust each other a lot we know each other's strengths and we know each other's weaknesses and we trust trust each other a lot on on strengths and weaknesses if that makes sense so he's great at numbers and i know that he's great at the parts the boring behind the scenes stuff and and so <laughs> it's also I give important him, i give him the data i give him the information that i know he needs to work with as well as like you were describing the the bar the face of the bar where it looks like the aircraft right and i was he's a visual guy so whenever i come up with these very this is a very non-traditional use of materials it's actually hvac metal and thumbtacks to make it look like an aircraft skin strong and then i painted it um and i i we were going back and forth of how we wanted the far the face of the bar to look right and and we couldn't really decide on something and then i just got this kind of epiphany in my brain and i started texting him and he was like i don't know you're gonna have to draw a picture for me and i'm like nope you're just gonna have to go with it <laughs> and you're just gonna yeah. have to trust me and he said fine whatever and and so you know he he knows now to trust me on when I have a construction idea in my head, just trust me. And that's where we work well together is like this, this ebb and flow of trusting each other with our strengths and our weaknesses, you know, and it works out well. Well, that's really awesome. I mean, you guys are understanding the backstory of rations and about the boys. That is such a great success story. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And maybe one day Dan will tie you in on some of the uh, the back end stuff on another podcast. We have three or four guys talking about what it's like to um, figure out 
the numbers. Behind the scenes. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Today's intro and background music is from the album Peter Clark After Dark. The performer, Peter Clark, told me that this melody popped into his head while he was resetting the fuses in the basement. Peter is not an electrician, but he is comfortable doing work on small projects around the house. The name of the song is I Floated Past the Breakers. Search for him on SoundCloud. Peter Clark, After Dark. <laughs>